Jesus, an anonymous YouTuber, accidentally had his face revealed by a large TikToker. So for those who don't know, recently I started to watch this guy's content. His name's Jesus. He followed me on Twitter and I followed him back and we started to talk about stuff. Conversations ranging from a host of topics about the industry and CSGO and seems like a very nice dude. And one thing we discussed quite a bit is his anonymity because it's rare for a person these days to get really big while still being completely anonymous. He gave me this and that reason for why he still remains anonymous and he does think it hurts him a little bit but uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a face reveal eventually. We'll see how that goes. I'm like, oh, yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But then I'm scrolling TikTok, unable to sleep last night. I'm scrolling it at like 3 a.m. and this pops up. How much do you earn every year? 550,000, something like that. What do you do for a living? YouTuber. You're a YouTuber? Yeah. Oh, what's your channel? I'd rather not say. <laughs> Anyone who watches Jesus's content will be like, that's Jesus. All the comments were referencing it. It's now like on the CSGO subreddit. You know, small world that I saw this, also kind of shit, like he's kept him his anonymity for what, like at least four years or something. And he gets outed by some random TikToker who had no idea he was trying to keep himself anonymous. What did he say to me? I, I wasn't really expecting people to notice, but oh well, needed to happen. I actually do have something planned in response though, which hopefully should convert well into a video. The guy who posted it just randomly interviewed me on the street. I asked him not to reveal who I was and he kept his word, but apparently my voice is just that obvious. Randomly interviewed on the street by a TikToker with like 2 million followers. What are the odds? Should I just avoid the interview? Hey, is just a nice guy. Someone puts a microphone in your face, you're just like, oh yeah, okay, how's, how's it going, man, you know? But I already knew what he looked like before I saw this. That's why I recognized him before he even opened his mouth. So Anomaly is another dude in the CSGO skin scene similar to Jesus. In 2019. It's Woolworths. Woolworths, okay, Woolworths. And uh, we're helping me, we have this nice Australian gentleman here who's helping me pick out some Australian foods and alcohol. And uh, so uh, thank you, random uh, Australian man for helping me. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out random Australian man. And that's Jesus. So Jesus's face was on YouTube for like three years, but no one recognized it. Yeah, so funny situation, especially for me, because like, because we were just discussing like <laughs> what he's going to do for his face for villain stuff and when it's going to happen and whatnot. And as, like he, he kept saying like, he, he's like, yeah, he's going to do it sooner rather than later, right? So it's not like the, the worst thing to ever happen to him, but it is kind of funny. Does deplatforming work and do the good ideas win in the public sphere? This next one may be a little bit more controversial. Subordinate Gamers tweeted out, Banning Andrew Tate is dumb. Ideas should be challenged and if he spreads misinformation, it should be countered in the public sphere. If you actually believe bans do something, it only amplifies his shitty message onto more users through alternate platforms. Shitty ideas should be countered with sound reasoning in the public eye, these people should be mocked and not treated as digital martyrs. I strongly disagree with these assertions. The biggest example of a mass deplatforming that had an impact was Alex Jones. Alex Jones was once upon a time ubiquitous, just every way, on the tip of everyone's tongue, every single time he said anything stupid, you'd hear about it on every single platform alive. Then he got deplatformed basically everywhere and you hear about him very rarely. Very, very rarely. It he took a huge hit to his business. Saying that being deplatformed just pushes people to alternate platforms where they have an even bigger reach is nonsense. It's like saying there is a competitor to YouTube. The reason why we talk about the big social media platforms as basically the public sphere now is because if you're not in them, you're effectively silenced. 
you do not get bigger reach. It's possible that those who are already in your camp feel vindicated and, and like, yeah, they're just trying to keep him, uh, push him down because he's right. But in reality, you will reach far fewer people. This idea that in the public sphere, the good ideas win out and the bad ideas get defeated is fucking nonsense. Hitler could have won World War II. The reason he, he lost and his ideas ultimately fell in Germany and whatnot isn't because of some innate quality of existence that leads to so the bad guys get defeated. Bad p ideas can win. Bad, bad guys in general can win. Maybe a good way of putting it is there are no good or bad ideas. All ideas are simply better or worse in relation to particular goals. And because everyone disagrees on what goals people should have, people fundamentally disagree as to what are good or bad ideas. Every single idea has utility towards some goal. Complete fabrications have utility to achieving certain goals. Spreading misinformation is useful to achieve certain goals. What ideas win isn't a matter of which is more true, which is better debated. It's a matter of popularity, how really they can spread your know, marketing, emotional appeals. More importantly, humans are primarily emotional. One of the things that you come away with as a impossible conclusion to ignore, if you take a psych course, is that human brains suck. Suck in ways that is disturbing. Once you learn enough about the way your mind works, human behavior in general, why people do what they do, you start thinking, how can I have any confidence in anything that I believe? How can I have any confidence in anything that I do? Because I am a victim of all the hundreds of mental shortcuts that we all have that cause me to accept things unjustifiably or to do things that I just want to do emotionally and that I then retroactively think up rational reasons for the things that I've done. People will want to believe something, Google it, and when they find even just one thing that suggests that it's true, believe it as a matter of fact for the rest of their lives. In the inverse is true. They'll see something that is mildly discomforting that they don't want to believe and they'll see one fucking thing that is suggestive it's false where it was posted a, a spelling error and they go oh well that's that's an error right there i'm done that is false for the rest of, rest of my, my life this is why debating ideas with such people does not work in deplatforming absolutely does maybe it's me being emotional i don't like to say that debate has no value i often like to say that debate for anyone who's made up their mind on a topic is fairly pointless Debate usually works for people who don't have a lot of information already. There's a principle in psychology where we are more likely to defend the first idea that we hear. It's why, you know, in indoctrination or um, getting them while they're young is important, right? You want to get your ideas in there first because they're the most likely ones to take hold and stick in there long term. But like debating another person means that you are also giving a platform to giving those ideas that are bad to the audience as well. Ideas that may emotionally resonate with those people. As a person who once ran a religious debate channel, I have watched debates where I've considered one participant to soundly destroy the other and then went on to read comments and discuss with people who had the complete opposite opinion. But the question then becomes, should a person be banned? I once talked about this in another ramble where I would hate to be on one of these social media companies having to decide where the line is because there are ideas that are as demonstrably false as possible that harm people, that will lead to the suffering and deaths of thousands of people. 
that if you let them propagate and spread on your platform, people will be harmed. And so on some level, you have to look at that and either say to yourself, I should put a stop to that, or there is some higher ideal for society that I should attempt to defend, which some people would argue is like, you know, freedom of information or freedom to make a choice or anti-censorship or whatever it is. And I, I can't tell you where that line is. I'm, I'm happy I'm not the one making that distinction. But Andrew Tate is, is clearly, well, spreading misinformation, is a scam artist. I know he's been accused of a variety of different uh, criminal associations or criminal acts or what have you. I can't tell you the exact justification for his banning. Was Tate really making any political statements? Oh, yeah, he's made statements on like every single topic imaginable. He just spouts nonsense to get attention. That's that's the, the game. While the video was not out at the time of this ramble, I quite enjoyed some Ordinary Gamer's video about Andrew Tate, talking about his history, the things he's done, and the things he's been accused of. Any publicity is good publicity, that is absolutely not true. And we've, we've discussed that in rambles many times. De demonstrably false. The fear is, once you open this door of banning particular ideas, that eventually ideas that you approve of and support will similarly be banned for reasons that you wouldn't consider to be justified. I once agreed with this mentality, where it's like, well, as many ideas as possible should be allowed in the public sphere in case some ideas that we dismiss out of hand initially actually turn out to be true, or just in case in the future that these powers that we've given to ban particular people with particular beliefs um, end up getting inflicted upon the wrong beliefs and the wrong ideas and whatnot. But what I've come to believe is that no amount of being charitable in terms of what ideas are allowed to foster and spread will change in the future. Like, let's say Nazis took over. Nazis aren't going to get up there and be like, oh, well, they were really nice. They let our ideas propagate in the public sphere for the last 20 years. Oh, that's nice of them. We won't do any censorship ourselves then. We'll, we'll just be charitable. Oh, what's that? Ideas that are against our, our fascist nationalistic beliefs. Oh, well, that's okay then. We'll let them, we'll let them slide. They, they, they won't go to the to the to prison they won't go to the chambers whatever like they're not going to do that no amount of being charitable to these bad ideas is going to lead those same people to be equally charitable when they're in a position of being able to censor and it's just tough as i've said many many times i am so happy that i'm no longer in a position where changing people's minds matters for those saying they're just opinions beliefs inform action compartmentalizing what you believe from your actions is impossible. From everything I've seen of Andrew Tate, he spreads some quite harmful shit that if accepted and put into practice would diminish the lives of countless people. And he does it seemingly to enrich himself. He is, as far as I can tell, a bad person. Do I think he should be banned? I would need to know more specifics because while I do think in some cases it makes sense for people to be banned from these platforms, it should be in like the most extreme examples, right? I don't really want a Facebook trawling through posts or whatever to find like the one time they, I don't know, said a slur or something and banning them, you know? There clearly needs to be some leniency, but that same leniency cannot possibly mean that every single person deserves a platform in which to spread stuff that will potentially lead to the harm of others. Not to mention spreading misinformation is a thousand times easier than explaining how it's wrong. Yeah. I saw that Mudahar wrote a comment being like, I didn't want my tweet to seem like I was defending Andrew Tate or liked him or any way. And I didn't take his tweet to be that way. I disagree with his tweet for every other reason. Mudahar did get somewhat uh, 
raked across the coals on Twitter, even though he got likes on a lot of likes on that tweet. Review of the hair loss treatments, finasteride and minoxidil. I've talked before that I was, and probably still am, losing my hair. Like, my hairline has always been bad. Like, you can look back in my footage of me out of context, my old videos, where I've always had a high hairline. And I remember someone in high school being like, oh, you're going to lose your hair when you're older. And I'm like, oh, I hope not. And I got to, you know, 31 before I noticed any signs of hair loss. And so within the last six months or something, I noticed that my hairline had started to creep back ever so slightly. And so I started using two things, finasteride and minoxidil. Both of these are the only two demonstrably shown in clinical trials to actually help you regrow hair and stop hair loss. I recently stopped finasteride. Now, finasteride has a chance of side effects, like let's say one in 200 people, of causing like impotence or um, reduced sex drive, uh, stuff like that. The reason why this is the case is because the cause of hair loss, it's related to in some degree, a male hormone called DHT or something, which is something that testosterone is converted into. And finasteride works by reducing the amount of that in your system. Took this stuff because the, the chance of side effects were really low. But while having it, whether or not it was placebo or uh, like I just thought about it too much, what if I'm getting side effects or whatnot, I felt like it was negatively affecting me. And I was like, is this in my head? Am I crazy? Ultimately, at the end of the day, peace of mind is important. I was spending too much time thinking about this shit, so I stopped using it. It was like like two two weeks ago or something, I stopped uh, using it, and I seem better now. No, if, if such side effects existed, they're no longer present, and so that's good. But what I have kept using is the other drug, uh, which is uh, minoxidil. Minoxidil, traditionally used with foam, you put it in your hair where you're losing hair, and you use it twice a day. The first day I used it, I had a bit of a headache, which is common. Since using it now for like three months, I have seemed to have regrown the hair that I was losing. And uh, so I'm gonna keep using it. It seems uh, to work well for me. What I'm saying is, if you're having hair loss and you don't want that, uh, try out Minoxinal. Natural Vision Evolved Graphics Mod for GTA 5. So this came out, it's a new graphics mod for GTA 5. The mod is in active development and will have a full release in the future. Looks staggeringly beautiful. The trailer is amazing. Highly recommend going to check it out on the channel. Uh, look look how beautiful this looks. I am thinking about playing it. I, I guess th there's a beta, so I, I, you know. I'm not sure what I do in it. That's what I always think about when it comes to these graphic mods. I would have to think of something else to do. Like maybe I could do a season of chaos with this, but I'm not sure how chaos would work with it. I'd imagine it'd crash even more. But give me 15 FPS or something, you know? So from what I've heard, one of the reasons why this is hard for Rockstar to do is because this is made without much consideration for like it being able to work on all hardware. I I'm only repeating what I've been told when I brought up these objections before. So I can't tell you if this is true or not. This is what I've been told. Where this is, this all this is like built on top of the game, creating additional load or whatever that makes it harder for other systems to run, where Rockstar has to make something that can work on, you know, very low-end systems and very high-end systems, and these things aren't made with heaps of consideration of that in mind. That doesn't excuse how much of a, a letdown Expanded Enhanced was, but I'm just repeating what I've been told, where Rockstar has more considerations than, say, uh, a small group like this would have, you know? Optimization surely is more of a problem for Rockstar than a modder, exactly. 
the trend of bigger hardware and more power consumption. Yeah, I haven't changed my PC. I'm waiting for the uh, next generation of AMD CPUs and uh, NVIDIA GPUs to come out. The trend though of more and more power consumption is interesting though. Because like on some level, you can only pack in so much stuff in a small area, right? Before like the laws of physics start fucking with your ability to add more. Once you get to that point, you need to expand outwards and just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And that's why my GPU is like as big as my entire case, my 3090. I wonder how long that trend is going to go because you're meant to always be able to top the previous generation. Eventually, you have to imagine you hit the limits of making things more efficient and eventually you just have to make things bigger and just pack more in. You can bring back the dislike button. Stop asking me about it. I'm going to explain this one last time, chat. One last time. There is an extension on Google Chrome that gives you back the dislike counter. It seems fairly accurate. It's not 100% accurate, but it's fairly accurate. It uses information on the back ends to approximate how many dislikes videos have gotten. Comparing it with my own videos, it's like maybe off by a percent or something sometimes, but it it's certainly good for telling you whether or not a video is getting a significant amount of dislikes. Uh, just Google it. Chrome extension to give back dislikes. I've always said that it is possible that people, because they can no longer see the dislikes, would be less likely to dislike a video. But I don't know if that's true or not, because certainly people are still disliking videos. That could be because just, you know, so many years of being able to hit dislike, people still haven't you know, got that out of their heads that they can no longer see it. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's just knowing that the, at least the creator can see the dislikes. That's enough. Or it's like the only thing a person can do if they dislike a video. So they just want to press the button, even if it outwardly does nothing. But regardless, people still hitting the dislike button. So it's cool to be able to see it still. How do you find the confidence to stream for the first time? How do you find the confidence to first stream, put yourself out there? How do you first push past the initial fear? Like, what's the fear? Especially if you're a new streamer, no one's gonna be watching you anyway, right? There's there's nothing to worry about. You are all just people. Like, what 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 concerns do you have? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Or maybe you fear not having viewers, which is just a reality. I made my first videos on YouTube and that's far more controlled and, you know, it just kind of snowballs from there. Stupid people believe everything you believe. Just because a person believes the same things you do, you shouldn't necessarily think them better for doing so. It's often less important what you believe and more why you believe it. I have met many people who have expressed agreement with things that I've said and asked when asked specifics, they just fall flat on their face. Either that or profess very stupid reasons for believing the same things that I do. The power of slot machines. But again, slots are just the absolute worst fucking form of gambling that exists because they are just so perfectly programmed to manipulate people to spend as much money as possible and to lose as much money as possible they are specifically designed to make you lose and to get addicted you can just run test after test after test to see ah oh, look if we make it so it pays out this much or gets this close to paying out at this point that will increase the amount of money that, that people put in by 10 percent. let's do that and it's just awful Explaining Hassan Piker's success on Twitch. I am still extremely mad at Hassan because I was an avid chatter in his chat, yet his mods won't tell me why I am banned for saying that I agree with you on reactions. Hassan is a grifter, similar on, along the vein of Andrew Tate. It sucks, but again, 
what can you do? I suppose that's not charitable. I'd say Hassan does less harm than Andrew Tate. Similar deal though. It's all about personal enrichment. You don't understand why he is so popular? The ability to communicate with confidence is a skill held by grifters and stupid people. Some people will flock to anyone who will assert things with a high level of confidence and give them reassurance in the things that they already believe. Hassan has an advantage in this arena because he's both a grifter and stupid. He is a double threat. He's going to conquer the world. No one wants to have a person be like, hey, oh, slow down. Do we really have reason to believe these things? Should we hold these things with such confidence? Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.